When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. However you find us, uh, you're, we're glad you did on this Friday, this pre-canned edition of Canty and Carlin. He's Mike Wells in Indianapolis. I'm Randy Scott here in Bristol, Connecticut. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. You can join in the conversation on the CC call-in line. It is 888-SAY-ESPN. That is 888-729-3776. And a reminder for more reaction to the Warriors' fourth title you can listen to kjm weekdays 6 to 10 a.m eastern on espn radio and espn2 and a reminder you know this is the seventh title in warriors franchise history it's the fourth for this dynasty but seventh overall which breaks a tie with the chicago bulls for third most all time behind the celtics and the lakers uh let's get out now speaking of celtics to that cc call in line chris forsberg of nbc sports boston joining us on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio is at Chris Forsberg underscore on Twitter. And uh, Chris, uh, familiar with him, obviously, man, we go back uh, to some times actually before here at ESPN, but certainly we overlap for a while at ESPN. And being in the building for that one last night and, and being around this team all season, I'm just curious how you put into perspective, Chris, now about 24 hours removed from this uh, NBA title loss, just how far this team come it had come yeah. rather, going back to January to get to that stage last night. Look, it, it stings in the moment, right? It's it, it's hard to, to have that opportunity and feel like you maybe shot yourself in the foot at a couple turns. No, that, that doesn't take anything away from what the Warriors did over those final two games. But I think when the Celtics look back, they'll look at game four and being four and a half minutes away from a 3-1 series lead and their offense goes completely stagnant, uh, reverting back to what we saw at the first half of the season. So there's frustration there. And yet, the further away we get from yesterday, the uh, the more in perspective this will become, and uh, it's just remarkable for the the Celtics to have been three games under 500 on January 6th. They they had a miserable loss inside Madison Square Garden, Evan Fournier revenge game, and R.J. Barrett hitting a winner. Um, I never could have foreseen this team playing the way it did over the final 43 games and being the second seed in the East and making the march. And so while it, it's going to take some time, like Celtics fans are going to are going to really have that little pit in their stomach for a while. I think we will look back at some point, especially if this is sort of a launching pad for whatever comes next for the Jays and the core of this team. Uh, but the reality is the Boston Celtics were up 2-1 to one on this series with an opportunity to put a stranglehold on Golden State and go up 3-1 to one at home. We know what happened. Golden State wins the title last night, getting their second victory in Boston. As the Celtics go into the offseason – I'm sure people are going to question Jason Tatum. You simply look at his stats, average 21 points a game in this series against the Warriors in the finals. How would you assess his production in the first in his first NBA Finals appearance? Yeah, in the finals it's going to be hard, right, because he didn't play anywhere near the level that he did over the first three rounds of the playoffs and dueling with Giannis in round two and kind of taking everything that Jimmy Butler and the Heat threw at him in round three and then kind of fizzling a little bit on the big stage, especially as Steph was so good. I'm sure that's going to eat at Tatum. 
we're all kind of sitting here wondering, you know, was that shoulder a bigger deal, deal than he let on? He didn't use that as an excuse last night, which is, you know, I think the right thing to do. He, he, was, he was good enough to be out there. He was good enough to be better than he shot the ball. But I do think he made some pretty crazy leaps this season. I mean, coming into the year, everyone kept saying he had to improve as a playmaker. He did it. He found ways to impact the game even when he wasn't scoring. I know that the, 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 the finals will linger with him in terms of, you know, not performing on that stage because he had, he had answered the bell at every kind of turn during these playoffs and been their best player uh, and, and found a way every time and then couldn't at this stage. But it's a little bit of motivation for him. And I think, you know, even as we sit here and if, if for most of the end of the season, we're debating, is he a top five guy? Where is, in the, where is he in the hierarchy? It feels like, you know, even if he's not quite on that level yet, he's knocking on the door and he got a lesson about, you know, the, the next step that a superstar has to take watching Steph and what he did in those in those finals. We're talking with Chris Forsberg of NBC Sports Boston. And it, I don't want to ask you to solve what ails the Celtics, but what is missing from this roster in your eyes, Chris? They have a couple trade exceptions to work with, and we've got some, mm-hmm. some aging contracts to say nothing of, you know, what Al Horford is, is owed next season at $26.5 million. <laughs> but it is a young core, right? It is a young, talented core, and it's coming back. It's Jalen and it's Jason, but... What, what are they missing, man? If you could wave a magic wand here and correct a couple a couple fatal flaws, what would you do? Yeah, I'm not going to tell Brad Stevens anything he doesn't already <laughs> know here, but it, it, it starts probably with some depth, depth pieces. I think you feel pretty good about your core group, and you know that being Jalen, Jason, Marcus Smart, Rob Williams really had a great playoffs and, and showed he could gut through some injuries and be out there and impact winning. Uh, and even Al, I think you, you're hopeful to squeeze another season out of him, even though he'll turn 37 in the playoffs potentially next year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but you do have to start looking maybe at that four position and trying to figure out what the secession plan is there. You probably saw that you need a little bit more depth on the wing just to give Jason and Jalen a breather at times. Uh, you need your bench guys to be better and, and, and improve this offseason. So if, if, if you're not confident that Grant Williams or Derek White or Peyton Pritchard is going to be able to, to give you those minutes in the postseason that you maybe have to go get someone. As you alluded to, Randy, they got the, the $17.1 million trade exception from Evan Fournier departing to New York. They can use that to, uh, to, to potentially go add an impact piece. I think the, the best comparison I can give to Celtics fans right now is, you know, if, if you're looking to take on money, you can do it maybe not to the level of Andrew Wiggins, certainly not the way he played in the finals, but you can go get one of those mid-tier salaries and, and stack it onto your to your roster if ownership is willing to pay. But I think it just comes down to depth. They just need a little bit more talent to take some of the stress off the starting five. And if they get that, you know, they should remain in the mix. It might not be as advantageous a path. And or I, I, mean, I know they had to kind of grind through these playoffs, but things lined up for them pretty well. Uh, they're going to have to, they're going to need more talent next year if the East is as beefed up as, uh, as I think we can anticipate it to be. Chris, um, when you, when you look at the job that Ime Doka did, he comes in, replaces Brad Stevens, who moves to the front office. Boston is struggling in December. Question marks about whether Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum can coexist ex- uh, together. And all of a sudden, Boston takes off. And, you know, once the, once the calendar switches to 2022, what can you say about the job that Ime did in his first year as an NBA head coach? Yeah, Ime was awesome. And, look, we were sitting here at the start of the year going, man, he's pushing these dudes pretty hard. And that was what he was brought in to do. Is if, to give Brad Stevens credit, as good of a coach as Brad was, he recognized that 
you know, maybe his voice wasn't reaching these superstars the way it needed to or it once did, and he needed someone that could push them in a way he couldn't. And in it walks Ime and holds them to a high accountability, especially as they're struggling there at the start of the year, demands the team sort of buy into his switching philosophies on defense. And to his credit, they'd eventually all click. And I do think it was a huge part of why the Celtics eventually launched. And so, you know, to give credit to Ime because like the, either the players could have checked out when they weren't winning or he could have just got frustrated and started worrying about his own job. But he just trusted his belief that it would eventually work and got this team to, to sort of take on his persona, too, that resiliency from when he was a player and, and having to scrap just to make rosters. And loved to be, he kept preaching to them to be road warriors and embrace going on the road. And they won eight playoff games away from the Garden. It was almost weird that they won more away from the Garden than they did at home. And so I, I think he, he's only scratched the surface. He needs to figure out how to get a little bit more out of them, a little bit more crispness on the offensive end. But credit to, you, credit to Ime for, again, just – it's hard when you're a coach and it's hard when you come to Boston and there's an expectation immediately not to kind of step away from what you know. And, uh, and he, to his credit, he, he wasn't willing to, to change himself and his vision. Yeah, he leaned in. He embraced it, embraced the challenge. It's a very specific set of circumstances there in that city and for that franchise. Uh, he certainly fit right in. Chris, really appreciate the time, man. Thank you again. It's Chris Forsberg from NBC Sports Boston putting the Celtics run into perspective for us on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, y'all. All right, Chris remains uh, one of the one of the best. And, and man, if you get him in a private mode, you get him you know a beer or something on on Boylston there in Boston. You go through the various hairstyles he had during his run here at ESPN. It was amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. He had a he had a Jim Halpert sort of flow for a while, and then a Chris Evans glow up. From from maybe you know not not she's all that that's Freddie Prince Jr. What was it? Whatever the she's all that spoof was, it was kind of it's kind of like that. Uh, Mike Wells, Randy Scott, not here to talk movies. No, no, we're brought to you by Barbasol though. For nearly thirty years, every thrilling Jurassic moment has led to this Barbasol limited edition Jurassic World collectors cans. Capture them all before they're gone. I thought we weren't here to talk about movies. I'm very you excited of Jurassic World. Very excited to see that though. That feels like something has to be done in a theater. Same with Lightyear. That's going to be good too. You don't have to be. You don't have to have kids or be a kid to enjoy that. Speaking of Chris Evans, isn't he the voice of Buzz Lightyear? He look, is. Look yes. At what look we're at doing. this. Throwing look at it all together. <laughs> Sometimes these things just produce themselves. We're going to get a little negative when we come back. We got to keep the focus on the Celtics because there is some blame to go around here. How much of it falls on Jason Tatum? How much of it falls on a lack of a bench or perhaps a lack of a true point guard? We're going to delve into that. It's Mike Wells and Randy Scott with you. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive 
eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. That's a voice of a face of a franchise there for the Boston Celtics franchise that has had some iconic faces to be sure faces here on Canty and Carlin on ESPN radio. Glad you asked. It's Mike Wells. It's Randy Scott in for the guys, Mike Wells, NFL on Twitter for Mike, who's in Indianapolis uh, at Randy Scott ESPN for me. Uh, I'm here in, in Bristol. You can see me tomorrow alongside Gary Streisky on sports center AM uh, 7 AM Eastern time over on, on ESPN. 888-SAY-ESPN is a call in line, 888-729-3776. We're continuing to react to the Warriors' fourth title in this NBA dynasty run that they've had. You can listen to KJM weekdays for more on that, 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and ESPN2. Uh, Let's talk about Tatum. How much of the loss here, the finals loss, not the game six loss, I I think all the losses probably he shares a a portion of the load there, but but Mike, how much of the finals loss falls on on the, the face of the franchise there in Boston? Listen, you're the face of the franchise. You ha- you're in position to go up three to one on the series. You simply have to win two. You just have to win two games at home. You go into game four, two to one in the series, and you lose three straight games. You let the Golden State Warriors. You let Steph Curry by himself basically go in in game number four, score forty plus points, and beat you. And then when you're Jason Tatum, who we realize he took a gigantic step starting last summer playing with Team USA in the Olympics and then carrying it over, but you you simply you average five fewer points a game in the finals than you did in the regular season. He shot thirty. He shot better from three point behind the three point line than he did overall. Thirty six percent field goal percentage in the finals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You cannot let that happen. You cannot have games of going 8 for 23 and 9 of 23, back-to-back games in that. And somebody's going to say, hey, well, he scored 26 and 23 points in those games. The Golden State Warriors will gladly let him score 23 points on 23 shot attempts. You have to shoot a high You have to shoot a high percentage. You can't go out there and have, have four turnovers and, in four of the six games in this series. you got to play near flawless basketball. And Jason Tatum, in my opinion, at times he got into the fetal position out there. He either settled for long jumpers yeah, or he was not aggressive and wanting the basketball. You're the best player on your team 
in the NBA Finals, you got to have that Kobe Bryant mentality. Shoot, you got to have the Steph Curry mentality. Steph Curry played with no fear. And Jason Tatum, unfortunately, all the greatness that he had this season is going to be remembered for what he did not do in the NBA Finals. Yeah, you know, he's only 24. So you'll take, like, you, you look at what Steph was doing at 24. He was trade bait. Steph Curry was trade bait at 24. He was sharing the basketball with guys like Monte Ellis. Like, he had not established himself as the shooter that we now know. Uh, certainly as the, as the transcendent NBA talent, the top 10 NBA talent, as we now know. I'm kind of smirking at Mike Boyles over Zoom here. Top 10 NBA talent. Listen, Hear what I'm, I said? I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm not, as Axel Foley said in Beverly Hills Cup, I'm not falling for the banana in the tailpipe, <laughs> Randy Scott. I'm sorry. Well, the tailpipe here, uh, with regard to that, like the, the struggles for Jason Tatum, as the finals, as the playoffs went on, let's be honest, his his numbers got worse. You know, you go go against the Nets, you average 29.5 points a game, you're shooting 45% from the field, you shoot, and then it drops to 42% against the Bucks, but you're still putting in 27.6 points per game. And then against the Heat, it falls to 25 points per game. And then now against the Golden State Warriors, it drops to 21.5 points a game on 36% shooting from the floor. He was better from three than he was from two. He was 41.8% from three. He was 36.2% from the field overall. In the fourth quarter especially, Tatum shot 24%. When you when you had to have it, when the Celtics had to have it from their best player, he shot 24%. The second worst by any player in finals, his, in finals over the last 25 seasons, excuse me, ahead of only the 03 performance from Kenyon Martin, who shot 17.9%. His field goal percentage got worse as the competition got better. That's Again, embarrassing. I don't mean to interrupt you, Randy. Do I'm it, sorry. Man. Do it. That's, that's simply embarrassing. If I'm a Boston Celtic fan, I'm hot. Yeah. I'm mad that Jason Tatum couldn't step his game up. In these moments, the best of the best rise to the top. They don't get back in the fetal position with a pacifier and start and, and rotate between the pacifier and start sucking their thumbs. And that's what Jason Tatum did. <laughs> and it's going to be a long offseason for him to have to you know, deal with that. You got to one. You got to sit there and hope if you're in the Boston Celtics organization, or if you bleed that green and white, that he's going to use what happened and use it as motivation going forward in the offseason. He comes back with that killer mentality next season. Yeah, you 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 hope that he develops it. He's a guy who listen in that. It's it's odd to see it in that uniform, but he wears a Kobe Bryant armband like he's he was in touch with Kobe you know younger, stop insulting younger Kobe days. Like that. no but what I'm saying no what I'm saying oh I know I know, I know what you're I'm saying, saying but. like like if you're gonna if you're gonna be around Kobe you're gonna try to espouse Kobe carry on Kobe's legacy have that killer instinct like Kobe mm-hmm. Bryant did have that clutch gene like Kobe did do we have time Cam to get to to some of what Tatum said after the loss you want to carry it through we'll carry it through because there are areas of his game where even Jason Tatum would agree said hey I've got areas that I need to improve on it's just you're 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 losing like these windows. You would say, hey, their windows open. They're young. They're talented. You don't know that you're going to get back here. There's so much work. There's so many things that have to break right for you to get back here. And everything did break right for Boston here, Mike. Let's be real. No Chris Middleton for the Bucks, right? You know you got you got a, a, a three pointer from Max Struess that's taken off the board in a clutch moment for the Miami Heat late in that series. Like you have things that broke your way. So to get to the stage and fall short like that, the way they did it. That's going to eat at Jason Tatum all summer, man. It just is. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, 
You're exactly right there. All right. We're going to hear from him. We're going to hear what Tatum says he has to improve on. We're continuing on. Mike Wells, Randy Scott, and for the guys, Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. So much drama. Mm-hmm. Hey, so much drama, and not the LBC, but the BOS. <laughs> That's where the drama's at, Randy. <laughs> the BOS. Mike Wells, just go ahead and put it on the shirt, man. Just go ahead and put it on a bumper sticker. <laughs> Mike Wells, at Mike Wells NFL there. I'm Randy Scott. We're in for the guys. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance eight 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 say ESPN's a call in number eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Can the Celtics get back here? We've shown some love to the Warriors to be sure, but you know they're a little bit older. So wouldn't logic say, hey, wait a minute, you know maybe I'd rather be the Boston Celtics here. They're younger, you know. Jason Tatum's only twenty four. Jalen Brown is only twenty five. We're going to tell you why history says maybe not, maybe not for the Boston Celtics. Let's hear from Tatum. Ran out of time in the last segment to get to this, but I want to start with it. Here's Tatum sort of putting into perspective the season's disappointment and maybe how he can use it for fuel next season. Our level of poise at, at times, you know, throughout this series and um, previous series, you know, myself included, we, you know, taking care of the ball, things like that. Um, but it's easy to, you know, look back and see and say all the things you could have done better. You know, we tried. I know that for a fact. Yeah. You know, this is the same this is the same Jason Tatum who earlier in the series when talking about some of the shortcomings that were <laughs> that they had both personally and as a team there in the, uh, the later stages. I want to say it was game four where he was like, we don't do this on purpose. I promise you when he was talking about turning the basketball over. Well, man, I, listen, I don't know if it's Mike. Is it age? Is it inexperience? Like the way that the Celtics gacked away some of these games and, 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 and choked away some of these leads, it's sort of, uh, you know, a relationship thing, right? Where it's like, it's not what you said, it's how you said it. It's not that they lost, it's how they lost. Yeah, and, man, and I, I just can't, I don't want to say they weren't they didn't compete because obviously they competed. I mean, they came out strong yesterday. Like, I don't know about you, man, they watched the first couple minutes of the game. I'm like, okay, let's get ready for game seven. 
Sunday night and uh, Father's Day. Perfect way to end Father's Day, but I, I'm, I'm going to lean more toward the inexperienced side of things on this. That, you know, when you looked at the, uh, the championship DNA, obviously it was in favor of the Golden State Warriors from a roster standpoint with their big three having won titles already. Their head coach had won titles already. Mm-hmm. The Boston Celtics couldn't say that. And one thing I hope that those young players on the Celtics roster will not do is and say, we're still young. We can get back because there's no guarantee they're going to get back. I was covering the Minnesota Timberwolves during the 2003-2004 season when they had Kevin Garnett, Latrell Sprewell, Sam Cassell, and they lost to the L.A. Lakers in the Western Conference Finals, that Lakers team that had Kobe, Shaq, Gary Payton, Carl Malone on on that roster. And I'll never forget when the season ended, um, you know, inside the Staples Center, I was was walking back, and a couple players – we're saying, hey, we'll get back here. We'll get back here. Was the Marbury on? Was and prior Marbury to this season, team? had not gotten past the first round of the playoffs yeah. since then. Yeah. So there's no guarantee. Boston cannot hold on to it and say, we have the young core pieces together. Great acquisition of Derek White. They've got to use this as fuel and say, we have to work to get back there because there's simply no guarantee that it's going to happen again next season. Because, let's be real. Chris Middleton was out for the Boston Celtics. Giannis is Giannis. If I'm going to say there's going to be somebody motivated this offseason, it's going to be two players. Giannis Antetokounmpo and Kevin Durant. Those are the two players in the Eastern Conference that I can believe, truly believe, will be motivated to want to take a step, the next step. Can, are the, the young Boston players and Tatum Brown and White and Marcus Smart, are they mature enough to want to put the work into it and not just talk about it? We've seen athletes on social media that they had the best workouts imaginable on their Instagram stories and on their Twitter videos, but when it comes down to it, they don't always show up and are ready to play in the regular season. Yeah, no, you're right. Working against air, right? Defensive uh, pressure from air in workout videos on, on Instagram and fallaway shots and other stuff it has a way of making it look better than it actually is. I want to get back to something you said, though, about young talent, no guarantee that they're going to get back here. I mean – the, the precedent is there. So we, we knew going into the finals that there had been no NBA team in the last 25. No, no, no NBA team where their leading scores were 25 years old or younger. Their two leading scores who had won an NBA title. There were duos who had, who had flirted with it. You know, Ralph Sampson, Hakeem Olajuwon, 1986. Shaq and Penny Hardaway, 1995 for the Magic. And Russ and KD for the, for the uh, Thunder back in, in 2012, a team that gave or helped give. Uh, LeBron James, his first NBA title. Those duos not only fell short in the NBA Finals, they didn't get back to an NBA Finals. you got to look at the way the NBA is. The NBA is a microcosm of society, okay? It's a microcosm of human nature, of ego, of pride, of greed, of, you know, ascendance both personally and professionally, of branding. I mean, it is... That's what makes it so fun. That's what makes the NBA offseason such must-see television, such social media digestible content. Because and what I'm, what I'm talking about is who's to say that Jalen and Jason can continue to play together? You know, who's to say that if they have one more early exit in the postseason where maybe there's some finger-pointing, maybe it's, you know what, I need to do this myself. How long did we think the, the, the Thunder were going to stay together? Well, I mean, right? We thought, hey, they're going to be back. I'm, I'm old enough to remember this. 
And then by the fall, James Harden is, is, is traded and everything gets set in motion. And Harden's gone chasing, trying to be the guy, and then now trying to glom onto other guys trying to win rings. So I'm just saying you don't know how long your core is going to be together, and you don't know how long, to your point, and it's a great one, Mike, about the rest of the Eastern Conference, you don't know how long that path is going to be there because I'm with you. I think Milwaukee is going to be a threat. I think Milwaukee is going to be a threat just this coming season, 2022 into 23, when Giannis is motivated and Chris Middleton's healthy, like you said. Yeah, uh, and, and – you you got to wonder, all right, can Miami get back? We haven't even talked about the Chicago Bulls. I feel like Chicago, despite having a short, you know, playoff appearance, they have young players that can get back there too. So the Western Conference, as of right now, because we got the NBA draft coming up next week, then we have free agency in early July, the Western Conference is looking like the more competitive, but you can't sit here and just say, okay, you know, Boston will be back where it's at. Philadelphia is going to be back. You know, if Ben Simmons ever gets on the basketball court with Kyrie and Kevin Durant, mm-hmm. so many there's going to be so many questions this offseason that where we won't have any answers yet. Yeah. And, you know, while we're trying to figure out these answers, Jason, Jalen, get back at it because you ended your season on a gigantic dud. And that's not the way you want to end it. All right, we've got a two-time champ and a current NBA analyst who's going to put Steph's greatness into context. Plus, we're going to take your calls. It's Mike Wells, Randy Scott, in for the guys, Canty and Carlin, on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network. All lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We got playoff hockey. We got Stanley Cup final 
hockey. Game two coming your way tomorrow on uh, on on ESPN. Uh, Mike, you got the two-time defending Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning who got all they could handle from Colorado. And, and there's this idea of rest versus rust here because nine days was the rest period that Colorado had because they're now 13 and two in these post postseason uh, play in these in in this postseason run. So they dispatched in the Western Conference Final the Edmonton Oilers, and they just had all the time in the world because Tampa got all they could handle from the Rangers. Tampa down two goals quickly in game one and then rebounded in a big way, forced overtime, and then it was over almost as quickly as it started. It was Andre Burakovsky who beat Andre Vasilevsky, who's the best goaltender in the planet. So there are all these storylines now where it's like, all right, what is it about Vasilevsky that he started you know, so slowly against the Rangers that kind of solved him, was the book out on him? And Mike, I mean, listen, goalies in any sport are kind of different animals. You know what I mean? They're just different, different headspace, different deal. He was able to rebound, respond, correct whatever maybe was on game film, and get after it. I don't know, man. I don't. I, don't, I think. I think Colorado. I think it's really important for Colorado to win because Tampa is just so much better in their home building. And there's something to be said about just knowing how to win at this part of the season. They've kept their core intact, right? Kind of like Golden State. They've kept their core intact. And they they uh, a, a thir- they're in a third straight Stanley Cup final. You know how hard that is to do, and so if they're able to steal away home ice and go back home to Tampa, it's dangerous for Colorado. Yeah, and you you made a mention about the whole the whole what nine days in between games. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, I'm more inclined to think okay, there's going to be a lot of rust, but I think Colorado realized that hey, we cannot afford to give up one of the first two games because we are facing a team that's making its thir- third straight Stanley Cup appearance and. They did what they have to do, but again, with the same way we were talking about in NBA, you can't rest. You can't say, "Okay, we're fine." Yeah. Colorado needs to go back to Tampa and be up two, two to zero in this series because if you give one up, that experience of the Lightning is going to be in their favor, and it's going to be hard for Tampa to get one back down. I mean, excuse me, one for Colorado yeah. to get one back down there in Tampa. So, Lightning and Avalanche game two, Stanley Cup final tomorrow night, eight p.m. Eastern on ABC and ESPN Plus, and keep an eye on the power play for Tampa. Now, the refs kind of have a tighter whistle this time of the season, but Tampa's over its last nine on the man advantage. That's not sustainable. It's not winning hockey at this or really any part of the season, so we'll see if that changes. But, again, you can see it game two tomorrow night, 8 Eastern, on ABC and ESPN Plus. In 15 seconds, we're going to put Steph up against the other great point guards in NBA history and take your calls. Mike Wells, Randy Scott, Canteen Carlin, ESPN Radio. Something tells me you're not a buster, Randy. You're not a buster, Randy. Uh Uh-uh. No, sir. That is high. It's high praise (laughs) from Mike Wells. (laughs) In for the guys on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. I'm Randy Scott. You can see me on SportsCenter AM tomorrow, 7 a.m. Eastern, on ESPN with Gary Streisky. Mike, uh, man, you're doing a little bit of everything. I know you're doing Colts camp. I I know you got uh, your obligations and your your teacher role at uh, your professorship, I should say, at uh, the University of Indiana. Professor Wells. Professor Wells. <laughs> is it U of I or is it IU? Is it Indiana University? Yes, listen. Um, all right, all right. When I moved here and I said uh, University of Indiana, I got you to thought they were trying to kick me back to Minnesota. But, yes, Indiana University, the same way it is University of Kentucky. You got you to say it the right way or, or they, will, they will attack you oh, yeah. harder than the way people are trying to attack you for kicking Kobe Bryant out of the top ten, Randy. <laughs> Man, you had to see what he does. I mean, there's no, there's no teaching that. That's not in class. It was like, um, Professor Wells, how can I segue but also back over my co-host with a truck? How do I do that? Like, well, I'm gonna play this clip from June 17th, and 
All, uh, the tire marks are all over Randy Scott. <laughs> uh, we've never been on the stage. I, I can't say that I'm as good at anything as Steph Curry is as good at shooting a basketball. I, Mike, I mean, maybe maybe your golf game is that good. No. Maybe no. Uh, your your you know professor professor skills are that good. I don't know, man. But uh, nope. he is so uniquely talented, so generationally talented at this one aspect, and it's an important aspect of NBA basketball, but he's just that good at that. So his greatness relative to other point guards is it's it's debatable. I mean, you almost have to be a great point guard in your own right to analyze it, quite frankly. And Barton Hahn had a great point guard on with them earlier today. It was Kenny the Jet Smith. And for an entire generation of fans, Mike, this is how old you and I are, we remember him with those Rockets. The generation oh, now remembers him from, you know, social media clips from inside the NBA. You know, that's that's who he is to them. But he weighed in on it. He talked about how great Steph is. Here's what the Jet had to say. In this era, he is the best point guard that ever played basketball. Like, there's no doubt about it right now. Um, to say he's going to crack an Oscar Robinson, you know, or pass a Magic Johnson, I think it's um, – I think what he's done is just made it more difficult for the small guard coming behind him. Hmm. Like, oh, the guy 10 years from now, is you going to compare to him? You're like, wait, wait, this guy's got multiple championships, multiple MVPs. That's who he's comparing. That's who's, who's going to have most trouble. But is he ever going to, like, catch Michael Jordan? Like, you know, is he ever going to catch – like, is anyone ever going to catch guys who already – Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, like – these guys are never caught. They're going to be who they are. I just feel that in the modern era, he's the best point guard to ever touch a basketball. From a guy who won two rings as no slouch of a point guard in his own right. Mike, you hear that? What, what, what's your reaction to that? Wow. And here, let, let's be real, Randy. Kenny DeJet Smith knows way more basketball than you and I combined and everybody in studio. So if he says it, if he says it, you got to think hard about it and say, okay, maybe he is telling the truth off of that. But when I think of Steph Curry, I don't think of Steph Curry strictly as a point guard. I think of Steph Curry as a short scoring guard who hmm. scores any way imaginable, you know, People say, well, you know, he's kind of like Isaiah Thomas. No, Isaiah Thomas was not relying on the three-point shot. The three-point shot was not as relevant back when Zeke was doing his thing the way Steph does now. Isaiah Thomas had no problem going to the basket, and Isaiah was a better on-the-ball defender, and he created better. What Steph Curry is, he's one. I think he's one of the all-time greatest scoring guards in the NBA. I'm not gonna just put. I'm not gonna back Steph in a corner. First of all, I couldn't back Steph in a corner. Uh, and say, <laughs> Steph, you were strictly just a point guard, uh, you know, one yeah. all-time greatest point guards. You're one of the best scoring guards in the NBA, and I think you are going down as the greatest three-point shooter in NBA history. And I'm not saying because you have the record for most three-pointers made in your career. Right. You're just that good of a shooter, that good of a shooter from long distance. So I'm not going to disrespect Steph from the standpoint of saying just point guard. I'm saying scoring guards, period in NBA history. All right, so I think you know we I know we have a caller who it sounds like agrees with you here and it's appropriate that he's in North Carolina because that's where Kenny Smith played his college ball. But let's get to Thaddeus in North Carolina who has this take on Steph. Go ahead, Thaddeus. Hey fellas. Uh yeah, I my 
my opinion is there's only one person that could be ranked, and that's Michael, period. Second of all, if you're going to take – I've played and, and coached for 50 years, and I coach, I don't know if you guys remember Slam Ball, but I coached the world championship team in Beijing. And Nice. Steph, if you take, if you take a seven-footer and make him 6'1", and use his talent, then that's how you judge a basketball player. If Steph, if Steph was seven foot tall with his basketball talents, he would be the greatest player ever to live. But if you take Shaquille O'Neal is not a good basketball player at all. He, he's got eighth grade skills at best, but he's a huge human being. That's why the Joker is not a good basketball player. He's good because he's seven foot tall. Six seven, Draymond Green embarrassed him this year twice. He out-jumped him twice in the in a one game. Trey Young is a great shooter. He's a horrible basketball player. He's he's ranked third. What what is, what is this guy talking about? All right, what, what are we doing? Here? I don't know, man. Shaq know. is not a great basketball player. I'm sorry. Like, I, I, I I mean, one thing Shaq is not great at is shooting free throws. That's that's it. That that is it. The Joker, he's tall. The Joker does not. He does not. First of all, you can't say he's not a great basketball player. The guy. He's not. He doesn't play above the rim. What he, the guy is an incredible passer. He's the dad bod god. Yes, yes he's the dad bod. You can't. It'd be different if he play. If all he did was if he was simply Dwight Howard, mm-hmm. where Dwight Howard just went up and dunked on everybody and blocked shots. Okay, you can maybe question that. But the Joker is an old school, fundamental, upgraded basketball player over what Sabonis was with the Portland Trailblazers, in my opinion. Well, I think, yeah, I mean, Joker's a better passer than Sabonis was. Joker's, I think, a, a more fluid scorer. But then again, we, we didn't get prime Sabonis. His 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 uh, professional prime was was overseas, so we got sort of an aged version of him when he, when he was over here. But, I mean, listen, like, I, I have a hard time keeping Shaq out of the top ten. Again, because I may, maybe, my, maybe my view on this, which is, again, everybody's entitled not only to their opinion but their own criteria. If you change the game, if I lived through your impact on the game, I remember Shaq bully ball. Like Shaq got Bird, Shaq got some of these other like guys who were in the top ten out of basketball. They're like, hey, it's about time, about time for me to roll out. Like they'd look at Shaq like an absolute unicorn, but a unicorn that could put them in the hospital. And they were like, we're out. That's it. Time to leave. So maybe Shaq needs to be in the top ten too. Maybe Kobe falls farther. Let's be. Honest. I don't know. It's Mike Wells. It's Randy Scott. In for the guys, Canton Carlin. More on a sad day in Boston, but a nice day on the course there as we continue.